So we're doing things a little differently today. We're going to do the message, and then we're going to do worship afterwards. Uh, normally, the messages we do are real interactive, and we ask questions and kind of go back and forth during the message. We're going to do it a little differently today, and I'm just going to share what I got, and then we're going to worship, and then after that, we can do a little Q&A. Does that make sense? So a little out of normal sync, but that's okay. I like to change things up every once in a while. And sometimes I think worship makes a really good response to a message. And so that's what we're going to do today. So Luke 23, we're going to just start with verse 44, which I will read 44 through 46, actually. It was about the the sixth hour, and darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. So that is the death of Jesus on the cross. This is Palm Sunday, where traditionally we take a break from Lent (laughs) and talking about the death of Jesus and have a quick celebration before we move into Holy Week. But since we're not doing services on Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday, um, I prayed about it and felt like we should do more of a Good Friday type message this morning. So forgive us for lack of palm branches. Plus, we didn't have any palm branches. Um, Next year, hopefully, we'll get some. I'm planning to call a church and say, order me extra palm leaves, please, and I'll take them. But today, we're going to look at this passage um, that we just read. This is an incredible passage. There's a lot in here. Um, I could preach on this for a couple months, probably. Um, before we ran out of stuff to talk about. I'm going to keep it to two hours, give or take. Um, the, the aspect I want to focus on is a difficult one because it's something we don't like to talk about, and that is death. So we're looking at the death of Jesus. And what we see here is, it, not just in my opinion, I was going to say in my opinion, in most scholars' opinions, the most important moment in human history right here in these verses. Um, This entire book points to Jesus. Everything that happens in the Old Testament points forward to Jesus. And everything that happens after points back to talk about Jesus and what it meant, what he did. And the focal point of Jesus' life, the crux, which literally means cross, is the cross, the death of Jesus Christ. It's the center point of the whole Bible. Uh, I would argue it's the center point of human history, In many ways, it's the most important thing that ever happened in the world. When God died, God the Son died for us. And if I could, if I could summarize the Bible in the entire Bible in about four words, it would be Jesus died for you. That would be my summary of the whole Bible. And I think that works pretty well. And so this is the moment in human history where God the Son dies, and it's a, it's a remarkable moment, an insane moment, an impossible moment um, in a lot of different ways, and we're going to look at some of that now. We don't like to talk about death much. I don't know too many people. Actually, I, I knew one in college who really liked to talk about death, but we prayed for her a lot because um, she was really depressed and stuff like that, but... Most people don't like to talk about death. It's probably our least favorite subject. Um, But the reality is that 
we're all going to die, right? We know that. That's not a surprise. We just pretend it's not true. But the truth is, every one of us in this room are going to die in the not-too-distant future, all things considered. Everyone we love is going to die. My wife is going to die. My kids are going to die. Not for a long time. <laughs> but death, death is a part of life, and we don't like that. It's not fun, um, but it is reality. And on the cross, Jesus gives us a precious gift, I think, in that he, gets, he, he allows us to watch him die. And that is, that is a unique thing. It's a gift that we wouldn't have necessarily expected him to give us. When he, as by living, he shows us how to live. And I think we expected that of the Christ. But he also, in dying, shows us how to die. And we all have to ask ourselves that question at some point, how are we going to die? And I don't mean like the means by which we're going to die, like old in bed, crushed by bricks like you know like <laughs> I'm not going to list any more than that um, although the kids have a app on their iPad called dumb ways to die which is really amusing but um, I, I don't mean how we're going to die in that way I mean the manner in which we're going to go out now obviously some people die in accidents or they die really quickly or something happens in such a way that there's really no thought involved on their part in how they die but most of us especially here in the first world where we live, most of us are going to have a little bit of time <laughs> before we die, realizing that that's what's about to happen. And I want to think a little bit about how we want that to be and look at Jesus for an example. Many people leave the world kicking and screaming. They're, they're begging for more time. They're terrified. They're angry. Um, that's the way a lot of people die. A lot of people leave the world. Dylan Thomas's famous poem, which I actually really like, even though I don't like the meaning of it, and that's, do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And in terms of death, I think that's a sad way to be. If it's your time, I don't think that's how we need to be. That's not how Jesus was. And so people are often afraid um, to die. And while they're dying, they're afraid, they're angry. And I think that's sad. And in Jesus' death, as we're going to see here, he shows us a better way. And I, I really think that he shows us, um, by example, how we can die. And so let's look at this passage. We see here that Jesus dies in faith. Jesus dies in faith. He has full faith in God, faith in the Father. His last words are, Father, or Abba, into your hands I commit my spirit. So Jesus dies fully confident that after death he was going to be with the Father. Jesus understood what death was. It wasn't how we think of death, certainly not in our culture. He knew that his physical body was dying, but that his soul and spirit would be with the Father as soon as he died and that he was going to be safe. So he died in full faith. And remember that this is after Jesus has received all the punishment for sin on himself and been forsaken by the Father. We talked a little bit about that the last couple of weeks. And so on the cross, um, well, we talked about how in the Old Covenant, sin separated us from God. 
that was the situation. God was holy, we weren't. And it was separation upon separation upon separation. And that's one of the reasons Jesus died on the cross was to form a new covenant so that separation wouldn't exist anymore between us and God. But under the old covenant where Jesus is now, that separation still existed. And so on the cross, God took all of the sin, all of the punishment for that sin, and placed it on Jesus. Jesus requested that that happen. God the Father is not being mean. Jesus is offering himself as a sacrifice. He's saying, I don't deserve to die. I don't have any punishment coming my way. And so I'm requesting you give me the punishment for everybody else. And the Father said, okay. And he put that sin, that punishment for us on Jesus. And so in that moment then, a separation occurred because sin separates from God under the old covenant. And so... um, this is impossible to understand, <laughs> okay? Honestly, we understand this much out of a, something bigger than this room, okay? But here's what we know. Sin separates from God. God, the Father, poured out all the punishment for sin on Jesus. And so the Trinity, which is together for eternity past, inseparable and one, is now broken apart as God the Son is separated from the Father and the Spirit. And we can't begin to comprehend the agony and suffering of that for God, both as Father being separated from the Son and the Son being separated, forsaken, abandoned. Jesus cries out, God, why have you forsaken me? That's because he had. God had forsaken Jesus on the cross because of that sin, because of that separation. And we, we make a lot of the physical suffering of Jesus, and that's important, but this, this emotional suffering that God would have experienced because of this moment is incalculable. We can't even fathom. I mean, we can fathom being apart from a family member, losing a family member. But God, again, in perfect unity, God is perfectly one. And that part of that was broken out now, separated for the first time ever. That's impossible. How can God be separated from God? It is impossible, but it happened. And the, the turmoil of that, the agony of that, remember God is eternal and infinite in the big and the small, and so those moments in which this was occurring was like an eternity for God, if that makes sense. Again, none of this makes sense. <laughs> it's an impossible thing, but it happened. Jesus was forsaken on the cross because of us. God the Son died and was separated from the Father. And we're focusing on Jesus today, but as a father myself, I can't imagine what the Father was going through at this moment. And like I said, they knew that this was a temporary thing, this separation. But again, to God, I think it felt like an eternity. And so he experiences all of that, and he's in the middle of that experience on the cross. That's happening. That's happened, and it's happening. And we read in the psalm last week that he felt despair. He looked for comfort, and there was none. He looked for friends, helpers, anything. There was nothing. He is utterly rejected, utterly forsaken, utterly alone, utterly isolated for the first time in his existence, which is eternal, not Jesus the man's existence, but God the son's existence is eternal. 
And so he's in the middle of this incredible turmoil. And yet he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now remember, the father had just forsaken him. We might feel a little upset about that. Maybe a little bitter, maybe a little angry, maybe a little, you know, when we get rejected. How many, how many like getting rejected? Anybody? Anybody a big fan of that? No? Despite being in the middle of all of that, he knows he can trust the Father. He can't feel it right now, but he knows he can trust him. And we're all in that position, not to this degree, but at times in our lives, we're all in places where we can't feel God emotionally. But we know he's there, right? We know he's there by faith. We know he has us. We know we can trust him. We know we have our faith in him and that that can carry us through and that that is solid, even when we don't feel him. Even when we feel rejected, we feel abandoned, we feel forsaken, because that's what isolation feels like to us. Jesus is going through that same thing, and he doesn't lose his faith. He maintains that, and he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He's not feeling it right now, but he knows he can still trust God. I think that's a really powerful thing, that Jesus dies in faith. He dies knowing what's going to happen next. He dies understanding that death is not the end. Death is the next step. It's walk, death is just walking through a doorway. That's what death is. When the Sadducees came to Jesus, trying to trip him up, talking about if a woman was married and then her husband dies and then happens again and again and again, in heaven, whose husband is she going to be? Because, see, they didn't believe in an eternal life, and they didn't believe in resurrection. And Jesus says, you know nothing about the scriptures or the power of God, which is a pretty bad indictment. And then he says, God is not the God of the dead, but the living. Now, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yet, he's not the God of the dead, but the living. So what does that mean? It means they're alive. Not in the sense we're alive right now, but they're alive. They're in another place. They have crossed over. They've gone through that door. They've gone over that threshold, but they're still alive. And God is the God of the, not the God of the dead, but the living. And Jesus understood that. He understood that when he dies, he's just walking through that doorway. It's like, it's like you're, in a, you're reading a book. You come to the end of the chapter, and you flip the page. That's what death is. That is the end of one chapter of our life and the beginning of another one. That's it. And Jesus knew that. This is not an end. God wasn't dying in the sense of ending because that's not what death means. Obviously, God can't end, right? But God the Son was dying in the sense of going through that process that we all must go through. The Bible says it's appointed once for a man to die. So we all die. We all go through that. And Jesus was about to go through that himself. And he did it with faith. We, we all have heard this many times, but the, the word Abba, um, is an endearing word for father, right? It's what little kids, even in Israel today, little kids call their, their father Abba. Abba, Abba. So people often translate it daddy, which I think is, is a fine translation. And so Jesus is on the cross and he says, daddy, into your hands I commit my spirit, which I think is really cool. It's a, he's posturing himself as a child who is full of faith, throwing himself in the arms of his dad. And I remember when my sister Stephanie was little, not that little, like six. She did this pretty late. I'd be coming up from the basement. My room was downstairs. I'd come up from the basement. She'd be at the top, and she'd go, Nini, and she'd dive 
down the stairs at me as I was coming up the stairs. She did this when she was two, three, four, five, six. Finally, I had to be like, you're going to die. <laughs> if you keep. Uh, but she had full faith that I would catch her. I am big brother. I can do anything. I am a superhero. There's nothing that could possibly hurt me if I dive into the arms of Nanny. And so she did that. She was full of faith to dive. I wasn't daddy, but I was 14 years older than her, so I was almost daddy too um, as big brother. And that's what I think Jesus is doing here. He's like, I'm on the cross. I'm dying. I know I can't feel you, but here I am, Dad. I'm yours. And that, that's what I see. I, I think it's a beautiful thing that that's how he dies. That's, that's how I want to die. <laughs> that's how I hope we can all die, in faith like that, faith that the Father has us, that this isn't some end. This is nothing to be afraid of. We're, we're going through a doorway into the arms of our Father. And I think that Jesus shows us a beautiful example here of how we can die in faith and confidently place ourselves in the hands of our Heavenly Father. And um, this, this, what he says here, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, um, this is a quotation from a psalm. And so Jesus dies in faith, number one, and he dies with the word of God on his lips, number two. He dies with the word of God on his lips. This is Psalm, psalm 31.5. So this is a quotation from Scripture, it's a prophecy about Jesus. And this is the last thing Jesus says before he dies. He dies with scripture on his lips. Not just scripture, but a promise. A promise from God. Because that into your hands I commit my spirit. That's, that's a promise. If you, we read the rest of the psalm, we don't have time to go through all of it. But I encourage you to read Psalm 31. It's a good messianic psalm. And so he stands on that prophetic word. And... Despite the fact that he's forsaken, again, forsaken by God, separated from God, the Father and Spirit, because of our sin, he, he has a promise to hold on to. And when we don't feel God, when our emotions aren't super happy, awesome, God is wonderful, and we love those times, I love those times, everybody loves those times when we can really feel God. We feel close to him. But on those times that we're not, we can have faith. And holding on to scripture is how we do that. Holding on to the promises of God. It's probably a scripture. It may be a prophetic word that someone gave you that you know is from the Lord. But holding on to a word from God. Holding on to a promise from God that we know is for us. And that's what Jesus is doing here. And he's standing on that promise as he dies. And when we die, we don't die without hope. Amen. We die knowing that there is a promise for us. That because of what Jesus did right here on the cross, he made a way for us so that death isn't an end. Death isn't something to worry about. We have that hope. As the Bible says, oh, grave, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It's gone. The sting of death is gone now because of what Jesus did. And so we can die with that promise, with that hope. And we can help others to have that hope when they are dying as well. Well, all of us here will probably only die once. I mean, sometimes there's medical inter intervention. We might die for a couple minutes and come back. Maybe some of us will die more than once, but probably just once. Whereas we will probably be with multiple people when they die. Maybe not the second they die, but near their death. Loved ones, older family members, friends, because everybody dies. And so most of us will be with multiple people when they die. 
and we can help to give this same hope to them. That I know you might be, you might be tired, you might be weak, you might be sick, you might be forlorn right now, you might be worried, whatever it is, but you can have hope. And you can place yourself in the loving arms of your father, knowing that he's going to take care of you. No matter what you feel right now, no matter what's happening right now, no matter how disappointed you are right now that you weren't healed, and instead you're going to be with the Father. We can give hope to people who are in those situations. And so I hope that we can die with the word of God on our lips, and I hope that we can give that hope to other people too. And finally, Jesus dies at peace. He dies at peace. Despite everything that's happened, despite all the violence that's been done to him, despite the violence taking place in him, the violence taking place in heaven right now, with the Trinity being separated. And by the way, that, that didn't happen to God. God chose that. Okay? It, it's hard to think about God experiencing any sort of separation or even God experiencing any sort of suffering, really. But this was God's choice. Jesus chose to become the Messiah before the foundation of the world was even laid, the Bible says. They considered making man. They knew what would happen. They knew man would need a savior, and Jesus says, I'll go. That happened before the foundation of the world. So before the foundation of the world, Jesus chose to become the Messiah. He chose all of this, and the Father chose, yes, I will send you. And so this, this separation that God, this impossible thing, wasn't something that happened to God. We didn't do it. The devil didn't do it. God chose to do it for us. Everybody with me? God wasn't separated. God chose to allow this to happen. He chose to put all the sin on Jesus, and that separation took place, and Jesus was forsaken. That was Jesus' choice. It was the Father's choice. What a horrible choice to have to make. It was a wonderful choice, but how, what a horrible thing to have to make. And despite all of that, despite the Garden of Gethsemane the night before, despite the whipping, the beating, the crown of thorns, the, the injustice of it all, despite all of that, Jesus is at peace. He's at total peace here as he dies. It's, it's just beautiful, despite everything he endured. And you've, you've probably all heard me teach on peace. If not, you will, certainly. But it's God's desire for us to always be at peace in our inmost being, in here. We are not meant to have or allow our circumstances to dictate our life. We're not supposed to let our circumstances dictate our emotions. We let the peace of Christ, the spirit of God, dictate our life, our emotions, our responses. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Not let the circumstances of this world rule in your heart, right? We're not meant to allow circumstances to impact us negatively in that way. And we can live in such a way that we have peace all the time. And Jesus is doing that here. And it must have taken some work. <laughs> it must have taken a, a lot of work for him on the cross to maintain that peace despite everything that's going on, but he really does. And you can it's evidence in the fact that he doesn't react in the way that we might in that situation. Instead, he's always thinking of others. He's praying for his mother on the cross. He is praying for the people who are killing Jesus at this moment. The, the sin has separated God. The Father is in rage mode. God the Father. And he's pouring that wrath out on Jesus. But I got to think he's also looking at those soldiers being like, 
Uh, I might have to do some stomping. I don't know. It's hard for me to think he didn't think that. Because Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what, they don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand what's happening. And he thinks of them. He thinks of the people who are killing him, (laughs) torturing him. And he says, Father, forgive them. And so he is, you have to be in a lot of peace to be able to do that. While you're being tortured, to pray for your torturers. And not just pray for them, but be like, Father, I know, I know. But forgive them. Let them off the hook for the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. Let them off the hook for that. Really? It, wow. It's amazing. And so Jesus is at peace, and dying, he prays his last prayer, which is, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Psalm 31.5, which we said. Now, when I first researched this, I found out that this is a prayer that Jewish fathers teach their children to pray before they go to sleep at night. Each night after darkness falls, they're taught to pray this prayer. And I think this sounds a lot like our traditional prayer. So th- they, they pray, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And what's the traditional American prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. Which I always thought was a really grim prayer for a child to pray before bed. But it sounds a lot like this, doesn't it? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I think it's really interesting how similar they sound. And so that was the childhood bedtime prayer (laughs) of little Jewish boys and girls, one of them, that they would pray each night after darkness fell. They'd pray, into your hands I commit my spirit. And I think it's really interesting that Jesus chose this as the last prayer he was going to pray. The last prayer he prayed on earth was a kid's prayer, a child's prayer. Why, why did he pick that? I think that it's because that's how he was posturing himself and thinking of himself at that moment, that he was a child going into his father's arms. And so he chose his childhood prayer. He, he can't feel his father there. He wants to, <laughs> but he can't. And so he prays this prayer of faith. Joseph, Jesus' early father, earthly father, would have prayed this with Jesus every night. When he put him to bed, he would have taught him to pray this. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Every single night after darkness fell, and then here's Jesus on the cross. And now it was about the sixth hour, and darkness fell over the whole land until about the ninth hour. And while the sun's light failed, And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. So Jesus literally dies as a child falling asleep in the arms of his daddy. And I think, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that's how God wants all of us to die as children falling asleep into the arms of our Father, knowing that we are taken care of, we are loved, we are safe, everything's going to be okay. 
because we are with him. And that's true not only when we die, but when we die, not only when we die the big one, our final day, but when we die the little times in our life, those little deaths, deaths of dreams, deaths of loved ones. When we experience those little deaths, I think we're meant to do the same thing and crawl up into our father's arms and trust that he's going to make it okay. Let's take a moment of silence just to think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. close, listen to the story. About a love more faithful than the morning. Father gave his only son just to save us. The earth is shaking in the dark. So you can find it. The Father gave His only Son 
just to save us. The earth was shaking in the dark. All creation felt the Father's broken hearts, and tears were filling heaven's eyes. The day the true love died, the day the true love died, when blood and water hit the ground. Walls we couldn't move came crashing down, and we were free and made alive. The day the true love died, the day the true love died. Now Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive, yeah, he is alive, he rose again, when blood and water hit the ground, walls we couldn't move came crashing down, and we were free and made alive, the day the true love died, now Jesus is alive. Rejoice, rejoice, Jesus is alive. Come close, listen to the story.